Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. Glad you guys are here with us this morning. Glad you guys are watching online. Uh, As many of you have been watching the news and seeing what's happening uh, in the Ukraine, uh, we wanted to take time, even at the beginning uh, this morning, to pause and to pray for the people who are involved. Also, tomorrow night at 7 p.m., we are going to be gathering here at the Genesis building and praying. If you would like to come, we will have some time where we pray for the people and the situation that is happening there in the Ukraine. But what I want to do this morning and how I want to start this out is that we're going to start off with a little video that's basically kind of going through Psalm 27, and I hope this will be an opportunity for us collectively to pause, to read what is being uh, said or written there on the video and allow it to be a prayer for the situation and how many people are being affected and how many people will be affected because of what is happening uh, in the Ukraine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause and pray right now and then we are going to go into that video and I want this again to be Uh, opportunity for us to pray together for what is happening in the Ukraine. Let's pray. Father, we are gathered in the name of your son, Jesus, and pray that you would, through your people, Lord, the people who name you as their Lord and Savior, affect the world around us in a way that is good. May our gathering together this morning help encourage one another to love and good deeds. And may God, the situations that are happening around the world be affected by the people who love you and love others as themselves. And Lord, even as we watch this video right now, I pray it would prompt our hearts to pray for those who are being affected so dramatically by the war that is taking place there in the Ukraine. And Lord, we lift these things to you in the name of your son, Jesus, whose name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and watch that video. Father, these songs are prayers to you and our hearts want to open up to you and allow a transforming work to take place within us, Lord, to move us from where we are to to some form of growth. And I pray that would take place throughout this time together this morning, Lord, that we would move forward in our lives and allow your work to continue in each of us wherever we are at. And we do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Alex. Let's give it up to Alex, man. Thank you, man. Well, good morning again. 
Uh, a couple of announcements as, as Randy's going to join us here. Um, remind you guys that tomorrow night at 7 o'clock we are going to be gathering together to pray for what's happening in the world, but specifically in the Ukraine. Um, also, we are here because of your contribution as you donate in the various ways that are there. Um, it, show, it shows up in the light staying on and us doing the things that we are able to do. Also, if you are fitting from the podcast, from watching us, um, you can show us, uh, again, gratitude by contributing towards uh, Genesis and the things that are happening here. And we want to continue these things. Uh, next month, we've got a few things happening, but we'll get into that probably next month. Um, usually the second Tuesday and the third Tuesday of the month, we have the Art for Artists and the Pact, as well as the Full Circle that took place last night. I didn't talk to Jordan how things went. Did you know how things went? But anyway, other things went good. Heaven says it went good, so it was good. Anyway, uh, we hope to see more things taking place as time goes on uh, and we continue moving forward. But this morning, what I wanted to do was kind of talk to Randy about his series that he just finished last week, The Jesus in 3D. I really appreciated that. I know I've heard a lot of people mentioning that they really enjoyed that. Take a bow, Randy. Um, (laughs) And so I, I wanted to start off with asking you a question like, why did you want to do this topic, Jesus in 3D? What was kind of the push for that? Um, so, you know, when you get a text message and you think someone's mad at you, <laughs> but it turns out that they were just being sarcastic or, you know, they're joking or whatever, but you don't get the tone in text. And... Um, or in an email. And the same thing is true when we read our Bibles. We don't always read it for tone. We're reading it for a deeper meaning or something. We're digging in for some truth that we want to apply to our lives. And that's all, that's good. But if we miss the tone, we miss out on so much more. And so that's, that was the purpose. But this, this for me was a, uh, something that just kind of went through my mind years ago when I was like, you know, uh, Paul says in Philippians three that he he wants to know he wants to know Jesus personally, mm-hmm. right? And he and he goes so far as to say, as to in the fellowship of his sufferings and even in his death, um, and and so like that sparked something. I was like, yeah, I, I want to know Jesus like that. I mean, you know, <laughs> um, as much as a person wants to go through any of that, but I want to know him personally. And we say that, you know, in, in Christianese, we always say. Um, it's a personal relationship. And so I, I came to a point in my life where it didn't feel very personal at all. It just felt like I was, uh, he, like, like I was reading about this Jesus who I really, really liked what he was about, but I didn't feel like um, I knew who he was as a person. Maybe I understood more of the God side than I did the person side, the humanity side. So, that, so I read some books back in the day, and then those came out in this uh, there's a book called The Humor of Christ and a book called Beautiful Outlaw that, that greatly influenced the, the reason for this. So, and I just thought, you know what? I don't know how, maybe I'm just weird in that thought. <laughs> maybe that's just something that only I think of because my brain works weird, but um, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I think it struck a nerve with a lot of people, you know, recognizing the humanity of Christ is an important thing. Um, 
I, I forget who it was, maybe Dallas Willard, since I was reading him recently, but talked about that Jesus came not so that we could see God, but not just so we could see God, but also so we could see man, mm. right? We could see who we are supposed to be. Mm. And if we don't emphasize that humanity, we, I think, lose the whole point, you know, of his, who he is. And so looking at that, at the humanity, then it has to include all the things that make us human, right? All all the things that are part of who we are. Um, You know, in Hebrews chapter four, this is from the message uh, translation. It says, "We we don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give right? Take the mercy, accept the help. I love that, right? It's like he knows where we're at because he's been where we are at. And that includes all of the emotion, right? And that's an important part of being human is the emotion. So much of um, my life as a follower of Christ, or a lot of it had been detached from the emotion. It's all about the obedience. It's all about the learning. And when I did a series on desire, I, I really wanted to reconnect that Jesus wants to transform us from our desires, not just our informational input, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so I think these things are important. And, and the one you started off with, the humor. Why did you start off? Why do you think human, <laughs> humor is so important uh, to God and to us. So if I were to do it again, I might have started with humanity uh-huh. and then went to humor. But um, humor is the one that most resonates with me. Because, yeah. I mean, like, we, like laughter is good medicine, right? <laughs> we, do, we, we believe that. And we, and we laugh and we joke with, your, with our friends and all these things that, that make us human. Mm-hmm. And no one ever talks about that with Jesus. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, and it's, it's not... Uh, there's not like a verse, you know, like Jesus wept. We know, we know he, he got, he got sad. Yeah. Um, or, you know, we know he got angry because he turned over the money. You know, we know, yeah. we know these things, but there's not a verse that says Jesus laughed, but really looking at it, like it's, it's all over the place. Like he's, he's yeah. got, and just like, you know, I'm, I'm tried to tie that example. Like this is Jesus. This is the exact representation of God. And God did funny things in creation, right? We see, we see those things. So yeah. um, I think it's okay. And, and I think that the other thing about the, the humanity side, too, is that, um, you know, uh, using the, the term religion is kind of a, a thing that maybe we have, we have, a lot of us have grown up in, into this, this religiosity thing. That, that kind of poisons the well a little bit because it, because it is, it paints a very, stoic Jesus and a very angry God. And I think that the more we get to know him, um, the more we see more than that. Yeah, I mean, humor does something. It, it, it puts our guards down, mm-hmm. right? When someone makes you laugh, it's like you all of a sudden become more receptive to the things that are being said because whatever things were up there, maybe, you know, 
apprehension or something like that, it, it starts to erode at that. I know a lot of times in communication, one of the things they talk about, is if you can get people to laugh right away, you kind of disarm them to be more receptive to the things that you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of sneaks in there. I, I, one of the things that I think Jesus said that was probably made everyone laugh was, you know, if you go to take the speck out of your brother's eye, but don't mm-hmm. see the log in your own eye, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like this exaggerated contrast. You know, I can see him like holding a log and I can see the kids <laughs> laughing. And then all of a sudden the truth of that statement has penetrated your heart because you let your guard down and laughed at it. And it's like, oh yeah, that is true, yeah. right? I get that. I mean, part of the uh, you know, talent of a good comedian is to connect the tragedy and the world that we live in and make it humorous because then we become aware that we see it too, yeah. right? The humor yeah. connects us to that. When we're laughing at something that's kind of like, oh, that's terrible, Oh, yeah, I, I see it's terrible. He does this so much in the scriptures that, that almost every parable has a punchline, hmm. right? And we don't, maybe we don't see it as humorous because it's not our culture. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to figure out what he's talking about when he's, you know, the sower and the seeds or whatever. But there is a punchline, and it's not necessarily to get a giggle, but it might. Yeah. Sometimes they are. But yeah. it's also to, to implant, like you said, a, a deeper meaning, a deeper truth. But... Um, but even in that, like, you know, that's the way Jesus communicated. And, and uh, <clears throat> even the, the, the speck in the log, that might not be a funny joke to us. But in the time, like you said, and mm-hmm. in, in he used hyperbole and he exaggerated a lot when he taught. Yeah. And, uh, and those, are just, those, are, those are funny things that we would still do today. Yeah, and it's we lose so much by not being able to understand what was humorous, yeah. right? Not understanding the culture because comedy, I think you mentioned, is very cultural. It's yeah. hard to to transfer comedy if you're going to a different language, yeah. you know, because it doesn't resonate the same so many ways. And so we lose a lot. We've lost a lot in our understanding by not being able to connect to those things. And so the awareness of that is, I think, important. It helps us to connect to that humanity, right? See Jesus as just that multidimensional, that he did laugh. I mean, think about the people you enjoy spending time with. Usually the laughing is going on, right? I mean, there's serious things too. You can get to the serious moments, but if I was with someone and all we did was, you know, somber and cry and talk, you know, it's like, okay, I, I can't hang out with him anymore. You know, I need a break from that relationship because it's too much. But if you're with someone, you're laughing, having a good time, it actually is part of the closeness of the relationship. Yeah. The people you're closest to are the people you laugh with as well as cry with. Yeah. Right. And seeing that dimension is important. Uh, the whole idea of the humanity, I mean, I, a few weeks ago, I did the Trinity and, and trying to touch on that as well. Um, I think we, did I go off? Oh. Randy can talk. Okay, yeah. Randy can talk. Well, well, well we're doing some, some tech work over here. There's a, there's a scripture that also kind of was maybe, that stood out to me. And it's from First John and chapter 1, the very first verse, actually. He says, from the very first day, we were there taking it all in. We heard it with our own ears, saw it with our own eyes, verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you 
and most somber prose that we, what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. And then in verse 3, he says, we saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. Mm. I mean, that's, that's John telling us this is the reason for the New Testament. This isn't just so you can learn about him, but that, so you can, also, you can also experience And experience it in your humanity, yeah. right? Experience in your person. And to understand that, I, I think a lot of times... You know, we think God lives apart from the struggles of humanity instead of in them, yeah. right? It's like God's up there and he's trying to get us up there too so that we can get, you know, even in the songs that we sing, it's not that they're wrong, like nothing matters but you or all things, I'm gonna let all things go. There's a, a truth we're trying to grasp that, but it's not to remove ourselves from everything. It's to see things in his light in the midst of everything, right? So that in our struggles and in the things that are happening, we can see God and experience God with that understanding that yeah. he is in the midst of this, not trying to deliver us from all of this. And I, I think, again, a lot of times looking back at my uh, experience, it, it was a lot of God was trying to just get me out of here. Right, God's going to get me off the planet. I'm going to go to heaven. Uh, God's trying to help me not trust anything or you know make anything of value. Just heaven, and I don't see Jesus doing that. Jesus puts a lot of importance on people, right? And, and He gives Himself for the people, and He cries with them, and you know we believe He laughed with them, and He sang with them, and He interacted with them, even as John says, he, you know, they were able to see him, hear him, touch and handle the word of truth. And I think we are invited to do that still, yeah. right, with each other and to understand that that's part of that human experience. You know, with what's happening right now in the Ukraine and the war that's taking place, there is so much anxiety, Right, people are wondering what's going to happen. I mean, it, it, nothing is easy. Nothing is simplistic. There, there's a lot involved with that. I don't want to get into the politics of it so much, but there's a lot of fear that comes with that. Oh no, a war. What's this going to lead to? How is this going to affect our economy? What about the people who are over there and are going through those things? And already, I'm seeing these scriptures being posted that are all, are all about, yep, God's getting ready to take us out of here, Yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that it's important to see that I don't think so much that Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm going to take you all away, but Jesus in these very scriptures that I see being quoted is actually talking to people who are going through the midst of those things, right? So in Matthew 24, Jesus foretells about the destruction of the temple. He says, not one stone is going to be left on top of the other that we know takes place in 70 AD, right? And so Matthew, after the fact, looking back past the destruction of the temple to what Jesus is saying is recounting these things for us. This is a big event that happened. Millions of Jews were displaced, died. It was a, a horrific event. And I think it's important to recognize that at the time that Jesus said these things, the disciples didn't think, first of all, he was going to die, 
right? Because they asked him, when is going to be the sign of these things? Let me read it to you so that you see what it says. In verse 3, he sat down, he told his disciples privately, you know, saying, they said to him, tell us, when will these things be? What things? The destruction of the temple and all the things that he had just mentioned. When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? The sign of your coming, they did not think he was going to die, ascend, and come back at the time that they're asking these questions. The time of their coming and the end of the age, I believe, is referring to when are you going to manifest your kingdom here instead of Rome and bring an end to their reign? I think that's what he's talking about, right? Mm -hmm. It seems to me, and I think it's important to remember that because Jesus goes on to say that you're going to hear about wars, rumors of wars, don't be alarmed for they have to happen. And I don't think he was talking about at the very end of the world. I think he was talking to them. But of course, that talks to us too, right? There are wars. There are rumors of wars. And these things happen and they continue to happen. And he says, but this is just the beginning, not to be alarmed. They are going to take place. He goes on then, he says, they're going to deliver you up, talking to the disciples, right, to tribulation, to be put to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. Oh, boy, right? I mean, it's like, but here in the middle of something horrific that's going to happen, Jesus is saying, these things are going to happen, but it's not something that you need to lose heart in. It's not something that is apart from what has been happening. In other words, like these things are going to happen. In the world, you will have trouble, yeah. right? There, there's not this escape from the trouble. There is the presence of God in the middle yeah. of the trouble. It's, you know, Psalm 27, take heart, right? Be, be strong and take heart yeah. because you're going through it. And, and he's touched with our, you know, infirmity. He, he is touched with the reality of where we are at. He is touched by the heartache and the, the destruction and the things just like we are touched, right? And it's, he doesn't have a magic wand and say, this is all going to go away. He says, these things are going to happen and it's the beginning of pains and it's all leading to, again, his kingdom being established here on earth as in heaven through his people. But I think in the midst of these things, the humanity of Jesus is important to embrace because it's our humanity too, right? And it's how we live with faith in God in a time when it looks very dark, where people aren't doing good things, where we don't maybe have confidence in the governments that are making the decisions you know, of what's going to happen. Um, what do we do? Well, we still have hope. We still want to trust in God that he is at work and we want to be part of that work, just like Jesus was. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the humanity, I think all these things play into that role uh, of what we are to do. Because Jesus didn't say, don't worry, you're going to be out of here. Yeah. Right? He didn't tell his disciples, oh, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. You know, the streets of gold and everything's going to happen. <laughs> There's hope. But it wasn't like your get out of jail free card kind of thing. It's a different kind of hope. It's a hope that's attached to the humanity. Yeah. 
and through tribulation. Yeah. So when we see, um, you know, the images that have been on TV for the last few days and everything that's happening, the destruction in Ukraine, and you see the people in Russia that are uh, protesting their own government at the risk of their own life. Yeah. Do you see Jesus in that? Yeah, definitely. I, I see... You know, anytime you see the character of Christ show up where they care about people more than structure or, you know, systems, you see that in the people who are there to help those who are trying to flee, trying yeah. to help the families that are leaving because they're concerned for their life. You see that in the people who are going to try and bring aid to those who are already now injured and hurt. Yeah. You see that in the people who are protesting, not wanting to see just power dominate you know i mean that that's the continuing theme throughout scripture uh, the idea of these global powers oppressing people yeah. and god using the people who are oppressed to be his voice and so yeah those are all ways that i see you know the humanity of christ being seen in our humanity so when you you know the the common question that we probably all hear at some point in in any kind of you know, dark time is where is God in this? Mm-hmm. And we can say he's, yeah, he's, he's showing there. up. Yeah, he's there in these people showing goodness. He's there in these people trying to bring peace, right? He's there in these people trying to make good. Um, you know, war is the inability to resolve conflict. So I'll just take it, right? And it's unfortunately what we're seeing happen. You know, this not willing to recognize the conflict and the differences, but just wanting to make something happen. That's when we have war, right? And and Jesus, when he talks about blessed are the peacemakers, he's talking about those who enter into conflict with the idea that not we're going to make everything agreeable to everybody, but we are going to, in conflict, come to a place where we can live, you know, even in the disagreements, even in those things that happen. And so I think that's important, right, to say, okay, yeah, God is here showing up in these people and not just, where is God? Well, God will show up after the world ends. It's like, we kind of need him now, right? I don't want him to just show up at the end of the world. I want him to show up (laughs) now, you know, in the middle of the world. And I think that's an important part to, to distinguish from some of the scriptures that I'm seeing being posted in this way, you know, when God's going to do this. This is all part of God's plan to end humanity and start his new kingdom. I, I think God is in the midst of the humanity yeah. in those things that you mentioned. And, and, he's, and the kingdom is showing through. Yeah, and it's not like it's not going somewhere, yeah. right? But it's showing up in those areas. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, and I don't want to, I still don't want to get into the politics of it, but the governments are not the place that you see the kingdom of God. <laughs> it's in the people at, at work. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we have to say about that. Yeah, I mean... It, it's unfortunate, you know, that there is always the spin to make things palatable for the administrations that are in charge, right? Um, where if we can vilify somebody, then it'll give us the right to do the things we want to do, right? And, and, and that's so, again, contrary to what we see in the humanity of Christ. Yeah. You know, he's not trying to vilify people. He's trying to bring out the character of God in people and see them in that light. And so whenever we start dehumanizing people, and that's usually what takes place when you 
have to justify war is we have to dehumanize them and they become, you know, less than because they're evil, because, you know, I mean, the words that have been used in, in the past to dehumanize people, you know, call them cockroaches, call them, you know, venom, call them all these kinds of things. Well, now we can kill it because it's just a bug. You know, it's just something that needs to be terminated instead of seeing it as the image of God that needs to be reconciled, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, this might be a good time to ask if there is any question regarding this and the humanity that you guys have that you would like to ask. If not, raise your hand later on. We'll definitely get those because your voice matters here too. Um, the last thing you talked about, there's so much more we could talk about this, but moving on, you talked about the humility now, when you think of the humility of Christ, I mean, you touched, touched on, you know, how he humbled himself, became obedient just to the cross, mm-hmm. uh, sacrificing himself. How important is humility to us as far as being human? And what do you think God is trying to convey through Christ to us in this attitude of humility? And Paul talks about this, it's Philippians 2, right, where he talks about this, and now there's theological debate about exactly how much did he empty himself mm-hmm. of his deity, but enough so that, that we see the, his humanity and all, all that it is and all the emotions of uh, joy and anger and frustration and everything else that humans feel, um, so enough so that he, you know, that, that Paul tells us we should have this, this mind that was also in Christ, that he didn't consider being God something so important that he would hold on to that instead of us. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we can't really comprehend as not being God. <laughs> but if you can imagine, he, he, he was so in love with humans, with us, with people, that he would leave behind, he would empty himself of every creature comfort, I guess. If, 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 we were, if we were God, we would want creature comforts. We would, whatever it might be, of every power, of all the power in the universe, which is what we see, the, the antithesis of humility is the desire for power, right? Mm-hmm. He left that all behind for the sake of love. And in that, we see the ultimate you know, humility. And, and Paul's telling us we should have that same mind. We shouldn't think of ourselves as so important or so powerful that we're not willing to lay that aside to love somebody. And so, I mean, that's, that's a powerful statement. To me, that's a very theological, you know, like, that's, that's rich and it's deep, but like, uh, you know, coming back to the humanity side, just Jesus, you know, like I, I, I kind of made light of this, but it's funny to me because, like, he picked a really bad time in history to be born. Of any, <laughs> of any time he could be born, he picked, you know, a, an oppressed people uh, in, a, in a, you know, technology-free zone. <laughs> um, it's just, like, like, that speaks of humility to me. Like, he, he, uh, he, he came into the world as a baby, Without, this is Almighty God, the Creator of all things. Everything was made through Him, and here He is coming to us as a baby. And, and the incarnation is also 
uh, I mean, everything about Jesus, every, every step of the way, it's, it's ultimate humility. Yeah, it, it's such a contrast to see the idea of humility and, you know, power. You know, they're, they're things that we don't usually put together, you know. Even at, you know, his last words, you know, all power has been given to me. Yeah. And then he leaves and gives it to them. Yeah. He doesn't say, so I'm going to take it and I'm going to change things right now. We're going to make this right. He says, all power has been given to me, now go. Yeah. Right here. It's yours. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that power then shows up in the character that the disciples mimicked from what they saw in Jesus, where they go out and they serve and they start you know, changing the world by living like Christ, you know, that's why they were called Christians. Yeah. You know, they saw Jesus through their character and their actions. And, and I think that's an important thing to maintain, this idea of humility, so that power doesn't become something we wield like a sword, but we bear like a cross, right? Yeah. Um, Even the term, like, uh, am, I, am I on? I'm on. Even the term Christians, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it was kind of like, it wasn't something that you were like touting as a as a as pride, right? But it is now, right? It can be like yeah. I'm a Christian, you know, and like we make this proud statement rather than let other people see Christ in us and say he looks like a little Jesus. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I mean, I love that quote by Erwin McManus where he says the church, early church, people saw their behavior and called them Christians. Today we call ourselves Christians, people see our behavior and call us hypocrites, right? (laughs) It's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's powerful to see that it really is how you live that shows the humility of Christ that then shows the name of Christ. I I think in so many ways we could demonstrate humility. There is um, recently on Joe Rogan's podcast, he had um, Michael Osterholm talking about COVID Again, Michael talked to on when it first started, and there's you know Joe Rogan's been in the news, and got to give him credit. I mean, he had this guy come on after all the blasting, and he's kind of trying to take other viewpoints and not just give one viewpoint. But one of the things Michael Osterholm, who's the disease specialist, says, we don't know. He says the the most important things I could convey to everyone right now is I don't know. Mm. I don't know what this pandemic is going to do. I don't know what the next strain is going to be. I don't know. We need to have humility in it, right? And I thought about how that is such a, what would have happened if there was more humility on the onset of we don't know instead of the posturing of, oh, it's this and it's this and it's this to just say, we don't know. Let's kind of figure it out as we go along instead of making all these claims that then people say, oh, look at they were wrong here and they were wrong here because they didn't want to have humility and say, we don't know. Right. And and I think about that, even like in the case of what's happening, you know, in the Ukraine and with Russia, there's so many things I just don't know. Right. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know anyone who does. You know, there is so much complexity to what's happening. It's not like, you know, Ukraine is this great place. You know, no one goes there on vacation that I know of. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, they 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 have their own problems. Doesn't mean it's okay, right? To just go in and and we're gonna we don't they don't have a very good country, so we're better. We're gonna go take them over, right? I mean, there's just so many things we need to have more humility as we look at this so that we can have the ability to see it, I think, with more clarity. And and I think humility is one of these things that allows us the ability to learn, 
because we realize we don't have all the information, right? I, I think there's that kind of humility, and then the humility that we see in Christ that wants to see others elevated, yeah. right? Um, a while back, my grandson, Judah, he uh, was outside. It was when it was warmer. And he called Karina out and he goes, hey, you guys, come out here. He goes, I, I made a place for you guys to sleep. And he <laughs> laid out these blankets on the cement out in the backyard with these little blankets and pillows. And he goes, come out here. You guys can hang out with me, right? He wanted us to go out in the backyard, lay down on the cement <laughs> on this blanket and hang out with him. And it's like, dude, this isn't comfortable, right? This isn't, <laughs> this is not my idea of a, a good day, you know, but it was, right? In, in humility, it's like I went and lay down with him as long as my back could hold out um, <laughs> and just like hung out with him. And just for him, it's like, I just want you to be with me. And for me, it was like, if I want to be with you, this is where I need to be, right? Yeah. And I think that's an example too for us Sometimes if I want to be with you, this is where I need to be, right? And it's not like with all the different answers and all the information. It's where you're at and just being there. And it's not always comfortable, literally. Yeah. (laughs) It's true, right? I mean, it's true. Sometimes having to swallow your wanting to speak and, and change them, you know. I think Bob Goff said, I stopped wanting to change people and I just want to hang out with them. Right, and it's like that's humility. Yeah. Right. When I, I now I can enjoy them. Right. I was able to enjoy my grandson by just laying there on the cement with a blanket. You know, instead of no, come on inside, let's go. Let's yeah, there's it. a couch in yeah. here. Why would we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For him, and, and it, for him, it was like the best thing in the world. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's a lesson. You know, humility connects us um, more than separates us and I think yeah. that's an important part are there any other things maybe uh, that you're having gone through the series that you thought of that you'd like to have said <laughs> yeah like a million but <laughs> I can't do that right now um, the only thing is you know speaking of the humility and just that the prayer in John uh, 17 mm-hmm. where Jesus talks about you know you, you said it uh, power but in the prayer, too, he also says glory, yeah. right? Like, you've given me all this glory, and I am giving it to you guys, right? And just the idea of humility in that, to me, is like, that's incredible. Power is, power is like, scary. <laughs> yeah. Glory, I don't even know what that means, like, in a, in a weighty sense. But he's saying, like, whatever God has given to him, like, he, he's not holding on to it for himself. He's, he's spreading that to his people. And I think that's important for us to grasp because it's not just, you know, power or glory. It's, it's in, it's his life. Those are, those are the things that God, you know, bestowed upon him. And this is what he's bestowing upon us. This idea that we're not better than anybody. Being, being a Christian isn't something we should be proud of. It's something we should accept with humility and service to other people. And so those are, you know, that's the idea. Uh, you know, this whole series um, is just seeing Jesus, uh, like I said, in, like the text message, right? Just a little bit more context, yeah. because he was a human, and if we if we only think of him as Jesus, God, um, 
then we miss out on a whole, the whole purpose of the incarnation. Yeah. That's it. very good. Appreciate it very much. Any questions come up? Any thoughts? Okay. Well, again, thank you, Randy, for that uh, series that you did to let you guys know. The next series, what we're going to do is a foundations class. Again, kind of re... Did someone say something? Nope. Uh, This is the (laughs) walkie-talkie. Am I hearing voices? Um, We're going to do a foundations class, kind of go through some of the core of where we see Genesis and where we see Genesis going. Um, And they're not typically new, I think, but I think there'll be a little bit of nuance to it in those things. So I hope you guys will participate in that and see where it goes. And we're just really wanting to see, I mean, it's great to see so many of you here this morning, and we hope that continues and just some of the things that we do here in the future. All right. Well, let's close in prayer. God, thank you for Randy. Thank you for our conversation. Thank you for Jesus and his example of what it means to be human. And may we lean into this humanity more and more. May we be a people who are filled with joy, who know how to laugh, people who uh, know what it, it means to be human and to care for others, to, in humility, esteem others as more important than ourselves, God, as you have shown us. And I pray that you would continue to help us in this journey to bring hope to the world where we are at. We want to do so, Lord, in your character. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Pat, we miss you. I'm glad you were able to join us online. Take care. Uh, May the character and humanity of Christ change the humanity around us, through us. God bless you guys. Love you. Remember, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., we're going to be here praying for the people in Ukraine and all that's happening there in the world. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.